Well, hi, I'm Phil Maine. Here we go, episode 49 of A Life That's Good. Well, from Blythe to Toronto to Plymouth to Florida, Albany, Carolina, Charlotte, Washington, Hershey, Arizona, Texas, the Czech Republic to Ottawa, and now to A Life That's Good podcast. Yeah, I know, I missed a few. From his days playing hockey on the side streets of Blythe, to world championship teams. He's here today to talk about that journey. Some special moments in his career, coaches and people who encouraged him along the way, his all-important family, friends, and community. The past, present, and future for Justin Peters this week on A Life That's Good. Man, I was, I was looking at... At a bio on you from Blythe to Toronto to Plymouth to Florida, Albany, Carolina, Charlotte, Washington, Hershey, Arizona, Texas, Czech Republic. It's a list. Yeah. You've been around, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a place on the planet you haven't been yet that you'd like to go? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Hockey's taken me some pretty cool places. And when you when you say it like that, I've been pretty fortunate. Talk a little bit about growing up in Blythe. What was that like for you? Well, I mean... Growing up in Blythe, I think, I mean, as a kid, you don't know any different, but I guess now, kind of looking back on it, you know, I, I don't think I really realized what it was like until you you move away, and I moved to Toronto at 16 to, to chase my dreams of playing hockey, and, you know, just realizing how fortunate we were to, to grow up in a small town with, you know, a safe community one, and, you know, an arena like in Blythe and Dave Cook, uh, the rink manager in Blythe, who just always opened the doors for us. And hearing different people that you meet along the way coming from their experiences where they grew up and how fortunate really we were to have it in Blythe with, you know, at that time Blythe Public School was still there. We had our, you know, your kindergarten to grade eight school right there where you, you, know, you don't lock your doors <laughs> in the house and you leave your keys in the car. It's just, you know, I don't think, you know, at the time you don't know any different, but uh, looking back and then hearing, you know, other people's stories where they came from and how they grew up, uh, I feel very fortunate to grow up in such a tight-knit community with access to, you know, an arena and the school, that everything was right there at our fingertips. Did you end up doing any high school or were you gone by then? No, I, I went to high school actually at F.T. Medill in Wingham. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I went for grade 9 and 10 there at F.T. Medill and then... When the hockey season was over in Toronto, I I would switch back. Uh, like they were really accommodating to me and let me switch back after the season, which was usually about depending how we did in the playoffs was around in May, where I'd switch back for the last couple of months. There's a love of hockey in your family too. I know you have two brothers that play. Yeah, actually, I was just able to get home over the weekend and got to see my brother. My brother Alex, he currently plays Bakersfield Condors in the American Hockey League, and he was home for the weekend. We crossed paths for 24 hours, which was pretty awesome. Don't get that opportunity very much in season to see each other. So my sister Brittany, she's home visiting too. So I was up uh, up in Blythe over the weekend with my kids and just drove back here to Ottawa late last night. It's a bit of a drive, huh? Yeah, yeah. Currently the last couple of years I was – I was working in, in Belleville, and uh, my family lives in Mississauga, so I was able to commute back and forth a lot there. But now, uh, you know, being in Ottawa is a little, definitely a little farther. But uh, with the weather cooperating the way it is right now, the roads being good, that works in my favor. 
I heard myself say a bit of a drive, and then I thought, but for somebody like you, is that kind of a, a maybe a nothing because you've traveled so much in your life? Well, I, I think, you know, you mentioned even thinking about growing up in Blythe. I know, like, in the, over the years in the summers, wanting to get on the ice and, and prepare for the season, uh, we didn't have access to ice in, uh, really in Heron County at, when we were younger. So I was driving, at you know, back as a kid or early teenager, getting going to Kitchener, going to London, and then eventually, you know, commuting to Toronto a lot to have access to, to ice over the summers. Mm-hmm. Uh, now Goddard having their ice, and I think Wingham gets their ice in at a pretty early date now too. So the guys in the area have a lot, and, and girls have a, access to to ice in most of the summer months. But it wasn't always the case, so I think it kind of just became the norm. Even you know, back to school shopping, you think <laughs> you know, back in the day, always making that trip to London. I think just being from you know our community, obviously, you get used to driving, and it doesn't doesn't scare you. Where does your love of hockey? I mean, obviously, it's uh, it's got to be genetic at some point. Where did that start for the Peters family? Is your dad a hockey player? That's that's a great question. I, you know, my dad played hockey for sure, and I think he was the one that you know that obviously got us into it. But but just brings me back to when I think about it. You you got my mind you know spinning a little bit there. But I think about it when I think about my relationship with my friends as a kid. It was just you know being in in the community of Blythe. I think. You know your classmates. You know they're they're playing hockey, and you know uh, I think just your friends. Your you know your friends at school. They're playing hockey, so you're it just becomes something that you talk about at school. So you learn, you grow, you learn about the game, um, and then you know your teammates with your hockey team and Bly, they're also your classmates at school, and then you start playing road hockey after school, and I think it's just kind of a community based thing that you know you, you you just fall in love with the game because. You have access. We have, you know, we're fortunate enough in Blythe to have access to play hockey. And, you know, when I when I talk to a lot of people over the years too, how like you know economically to play in Blythe at the time, I, I'm sure the prices have gone up a little bit. But you know, compared to what it, what it costs in some of the bigger cities, we're very fortunate in that way too. That to have access to play hockey in our town at a reasonable cost and have the resources with the arena and everything right there. I think you just, my love for the game started to grow and grow and grow. And no one ever told me I, I wasn't allowed to play hockey anymore until, you know, 34 years old. So I was, <laughs> you know, that just got to chase my dreams until then. And now I'm, I feel the, the same now as a coach, being able to coach in the NHL, I feel I'm just chasing my dreams the same way as that young kid. Yeah. You mentioned the cost, and you made me think when I when I was a kid playing hockey, I, I would get all my equipment from a, like you'd have a used kind of a thing where you'd bring all your old equipment into the, your, yeah. uh, the gymnasium at the school and go around and pick out shin pads for $2. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> did that. I remember that in Blythe, you know, at the start of every hockey season, them doing that hockey exchange up, they did it up in the concourse of the arena too, so... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they still do that, but it definitely, I mean, the price of uh, sticks and equipment now, I, I pop into the board store and my son Logan started playing hockey. So I, you know, I, I see the cost of it and that's it's a pretty penny, that's for sure. Well, and goaltending equipment is even worse, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know how my parents did it, but I do know the, that I know a lot of the minor hockey's, you know, especially when I was younger. And I think the, the they supply equipment or access to some equipment for the goaltenders. And I, my my dad, Jeff, there, he was he was one of the equipment managers in Blythe. And I think that's kind of where 
I got into the goalie position where I, I got to go and see the equipment in the lockers and I always wanted to try on the gloves and I was just fascinated by the equipment and kept bugging them and bugging them to, to let me play goalie. Do you have any favorite memories, there, uh, like a favorite coach or coaches or somebody that made a really big difference in your life as a hockey player, but maybe also as a person from when you were a kid? Yeah, I was fortunate to have a lot of great coaches over the years. Um, you know, in Blythe, starting off right in town, my dad was, was one of my first coaches. Um, I remember that. And Don Stewart uh, was another uh, great coach we had. And then, you know, moving on to, to AAA, coaches like Brian O'Reilly and mm-hmm. Scott Pettigrew definitely had big impacts on my life. And going to play high school hockey at Effie Medill, uh, Larry Lane was a coach there. And you, you look back at it and you learn different things from all the coaches and really fortunate to meet some great people along the way and still run into them some nowadays, that's for sure. I think the first time I heard your name might have been from Scott Pettigrew, actually, when he was coaching. Was it? Is it the Lakers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Perth Lakers. So, yeah, he was my coach there and played alongside, you know, his son too. It was, you know, you just, it's, you run into them years later and you can pick right up talking about the good old days and same thing with friends going back home you know talking about old stories and hockey stories when we were kids playing and playing road hockey some great memories played a bunch of games in the NHL. Did you uh, ever meet somebody in the NHL or anybody in the hockey world who you were a little bit starstruck by? Oh, for sure. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I got to play with Washington and being teammates with Ovechkin. You know, it's funny. You put all these guys on this you know, this pedestal that they're, you know, because you see them on TV and you play against them and they're so, so elite. But at the end of the day, you know they're all just humble, hardworking people, and for me it was it was really cool to play with play with him and and see what he's like away from the rink and at the rink and just how he goes about his business. You know he's just another one of us, just loving playing hockey and it just happens to be really damn good at it. Yeah, that's for sure. Who was your favorite team or your favorite player when you were a kid? My favorite player was. Gold Patrick Waugh and Marty Broder were my my two favorite goalies. I and then when Patrick Waugh got traded to Colorado, Colorado was kind of my team as a kid. And then once I moved to Toronto uh, at 16 to play for St. Mike's Majors, I you know just with the way TV is and social media, or I guess it was just the media at that time, but I really took a liking for the Leafs because I almost you know <laughs> felt bad for them the, the scrutiny they were under in the media and. But, but, but I guess you just you got to you learned so much about the players because of the coverage they had, and just you know the storylines of individual players and and their upbringing and their ups and downs through the season. Ed Belfour was a goaltender there at the time, so I really you know got to study his position and the way he played and his preparation. Do you have some favorite memories of your hockey career? How many years altogether would you say you played professional hockey? I played professional for 14 seasons. Right. Uh, I definitely have some favorite memories. First of all, as a young kid, I never really thought the reality of playing professional was, was a thing. It wasn't until, I think, even then I got drafted to the OHL and you know got drafted but didn't know that I was going to you know you're going to play on the team you know you think maybe people think that you're just automatically going to play on the team when you get drafted but the reality is getting drafted is just a an invite to training camp and then 
Team Ontario has the regional tryouts. All the, the smaller communities, they host tryouts, regional tryouts, and you can, you know, advance onto those tryouts. And I remember uh, making it to the, the final tryout for Team Ontario under 17, and that you're doing this at, I think at that time it was... I was still 15 because I didn't turn 16 until the end of the summer, but I was drafted to OHL by the St. Mike's Majors, and our assistant coach, Bob Jones, who was was the head coach for Team Ontario, after the tournament, he came up to me and he said, you know, if, can you play like that all the time? And he said, if you can play like that, you're going to be on our team in the fall. And that was the first moment where I was like, oh, wow, okay, I'm, I might have a chance to play in the OHL. And then, you know, and then I was able to, I made the team at 16 in, in St. Mike's, and it was new and an eye-opener experience, moving away from home for the first time. So got to grow up, you know, pretty quickly, and also moving to Toronto, a bigger city, a different way of life, just an eye-opening experience. And then even then, it was like, you know, I was just trying to find my way in the OHL. I was playing behind Andy Kyoto as the starting goalie, and so I wasn't playing a lot, but I was able to practice a lot and work on my game a lot. And that season, we we were in the playoffs in the conference finals against the... We were playing against the Ottawa 67s, and it was game four. Our starting goaltender, Andy Kyoto, got hurt. And game five, I, uh, the coach called me. I was at school in the morning, and the coach called me, Dave Cameron, who was a, has a big impact on my hockey career. He called me, and he said, you're, you're starting tonight. Wow. I was like, oh, oh, I haven't played in a while, so... <laughs> I was obviously a little nervous, but my captain Tim Brent at the time, um, who was a played for Team Canada the World Juniors that year, and he was a, a great leader for us at St. Mike's. He looked over to me and he said, "You know, we got this." Like, you know, he had total confidence in me, and we went into Ottawa. It was at school in Toronto in the morning. We flew to Ottawa in the afternoon, went to the rink, played the game, and we went down two nothing the very first start of the game, and we ended up coming back and winning six two. And I. I, I played a good game, and it was you know, it ended up with 41 saves or, or, or something like that. And we were driving back in the car. We flew back at night, and the guy driving back to me says, "Do you realize what you just did?" And I was like, kind of, you know, like it was awesome. We won, but he was, "You realize what you just did?" He's like, "That was pretty awesome." And, I, and it was the kind of the first time where I was like, "Oh wow, okay, I guess I did something pretty cool here at this level." And then you know, uh, the next season came back as a starting goalie and the rankings come out for the draft and was able to get drafted to the Carolina Hurricanes, which turned out to be, you know, one of my hockey highlights of my career, having my grandparents there, uh-huh. my family all there. And I was drafted by the home team down in, in Carolina, in Raleigh. So that was an amazing experience and having all my family there and coming back to Blythe afterwards to a warm welcoming from everyone in town was, was pretty special. It was definitely another highlight. And then uh, four years later, after well, four years into pro, I, I made my NHL debut, which was amazing, and did that in in uh, New York against the Islanders, and had my family there for for me for that night. So that was kind of like the pinnacle uh, of it all, making that for playing that first game and kind of all coming back and becoming a reality. Your dream as a kid it was definitely another big highlight uh, for me and. And then I, th- I think of a couple more special moments. Getting to play my first game in Toronto against the Leafs as the visiting team was really cool. As a, you know, you grow up watching the Leafs, obviously, and playing in the Air Canada Centre at the time. That first game, having family and friends there, and and we, it was the first game I, I played a game there after Canada won the gold medal in Vancouver, and it was the first game after the break. 
and listening to the national anthem, everyone singing the national anthem mm. that day was definitely a highlight that I'll never forget, a moment I'll never forget. And then I think finally uh, got the opportunity the year the players were, were not going to, to the Olympics, the NHL players were not going to the Olympics, so I got to go represent Canada at the Olympics in Pyeongchang and, and win a bronze medal, kind of put the icing on the cake for me as a final highlight to my playing days. Wow. So you you made a couple of world championships, right? 2014 and 2018 again? Yeah, well, 20, 2018 was, was the Olympics. Right. Uh, yeah. And then 2014, yeah, it was the world championships was in Belarus. So that was the first time I was able to represent Canada and go over there and be a part of that group, which was, was really awesome and a cool experience and another cool place that hockey took me. I often wonder what that feeling must be like to go from a small town of a thousand people and then find yourself within just a few years playing in front of 20 times as many people that live in the town you grew up in. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say it like that. I, <laughs> you know, I, I think like just as a kid, when you, when you just dream of playing the NHL, like you just, it's just kind of part of the process and you're just dreaming it and it just keeps happening. And I guess you kind of prepare yourself for those moments playing in the road hockey games on King Street and why, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, talking about it and having my friend Kirk Stewart broadcasting the game while we're playing and Cole Stewart playing road hockey, Chad Haggett playing road hockey, my brother, Jeff Elliott, all the kids in town, we would play road hockey for hours and living those moments when we were, you know, young kids and then finally having them happen in real life. I guess I prepared for those moments like that. Justin, there's no doubt you had a stellar career, and yeah, maybe some of those playing days are behind you, but you've still got a lot of hockey left in you uh, in recent years with the Ottawa Senators, and you've got a new job there. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks now that um, I, I coach with, I've been with the organization over the, for, this is my fourth season with the organization. I started when hockey started back up after COVID opened back up. Um, was fortunate enough to go right from playing. I was playing in Europe at the time, and I, I was able to transition right into coaching and got a job coaching with the Belleville Senators, which is Ottawa Senators' farm team in Belleville. And got to gain a ton of experience working with multiple different goalies and uh, having some great goalies come through with the likes of Phil Gustafson, Joey Decord, Mad Sogard. I'd, I spent a month with Matt Murray in Belleville when they sent him down. And then last season, uh, there was an injury to the goalie coach up here, Zach Burke. Uh, he had an injury, and I got to come up here for five weeks and gained a, a ton of experience just the day-to-day as a coach in the NHL and uh, worked alongside the guys here. And, and then uh, on January 16th, I was fortunate enough that Mr. Ann Lauer, the owner of the Ottawa Senators, and Steve Stales, the, the president and general manager, gave me the opportunity to to be the goalie coach here with them and uh, very fortunate for that and really excited about the opportunity and to get to work with you know a couple great goaltenders here Jonas Corposalo and Anton Forsberg and um, I already had Mad Sogard up here who was with me in Belleville so it's been really cool transition here over the last couple weeks and knowing the organization well from being around it's definitely helped the transition for me and knowing the staff members and a bunch of the players that's uh, been really familiar and they've made it uh, made me feel very welcome. 
a lot of armchair coaches like me and friends of mine, we like, we like to sit and yell at the TV and talk about what it takes to win it all. It often, for us, boils down to you know, an argument between, well, you've got to have the biggest star in hockey on your team, or I always think chemistry, but what do you think it is that really makes for a championship team? Yeah, I think both are are big big factors. I know you definitely need the chemistry. I think that's that's a given. You need the group to all, all believe it and play for a common goal. And you know, I, I think obviously nowadays, you know, the players are making a lot of money. They have so many distractions that you know they're so young. And we've talked about guys, you know, that they're superstars, right? They're they're young. They're they're getting a lot of attention. There's a lot of distractions, whether it's social media, life away from the rink, money, you know, personal personal life. There's just so much things going on and uh, nowadays that I think the more the team can come together as a group, the chemistry that you talked about, and, and believe and work towards a common goal and, and be able to play for that guy beside them and and, and have those relationships – I think is where teams you see teams have the most success and you know you look at the great teams like like you look at the Boston Bruins right now and and the culture that they've created there that you know the leaders the the Brad Marchands obviously Patrice Bergeron he's just recently retired but and Zdeno Chara when he first went there how he he changed the culture and they've created this environment that Whoever comes in there, they're able to just seamlessly fit in and buy into this culture that the leaders have created. And so leadership to me is a is a real big, valuable piece to that because of all the distractions, because of all the things that the that go that happen and the social media and the media and the attention these guys get and different people and different things pulling them in different directions. And if you have the proper leadership in place and the chemistry in place, and then like what you also mentioned is, you know, the superstars, you know, your best players, you know, being able to be your best players and supporting them with the right people around them, I think, uh, to me, is a recipe for success. Not everybody is born a Wayne Gretzky, for example, who just had that sort of innate sense of hockey in his blood. And I often wondered how a lot of, I don't know if I want to use the word journeyman hockey players or uh, a lot of professional athletes, uh, how you maintain a positive attitude in such a competitive career that just absolutely sometimes begs for disappointment. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great question because... You know, I was chatting with a friend the other day, and you know, he was talking to one of his kids, uh, grade nine in school, going to grade nine, and and we we're just talking about at that age, they're that that age, fourteen, fifteen years old. You know, their kids playing hockey, competitive hockey, and and at that age, now all of a sudden there becomes a social life, you know, and there becomes other things in their life that maybe aren't, you know, maybe hockey's not as important to them as as it was before, and that's okay. There's way more to life than hockey. But the reality is, is that as the kids get older, there becomes other opportunities and maybe they have other interests and hockey isn't always isn't there. And maybe it's not important to them. My point in this is what it takes, what it takes to be an NHL player. And you get to junior hockey. And then I went to, you know, played in the OHL. You know, you played with some guys who were super talented, but to, to get to that next level, maybe they just weren't, didn't, it wasn't for them. And that's okay, again, but the commitment it takes to continue to climb and the discipline, you know, it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. And 
So then the top players in the OHL, then they get to the next level, for example, and you know maybe they're not they were top players in that level, but they're not the top players when it gets to the next level, which would maybe be the AHL. And it takes for those guys, you know, to make it at the next level. Maybe they have to work a little harder, or have a little more discipline, or adjust the way they play their game to make it at the next level. And that's not always easy to do, right? And then that maybe it's not for them, and then maybe their career kind of would end there. And then you get to the next level where in the AHL, I play with lots of guys in the AHL who were amazing players, and their skill level is just as good as some of the top players in, in the NHL, right? But then they get their chance in the NHL, and they have to change their game a little bit. Or they were 70, 80-point guys in the AHL. Well, in the NHL, they're playing on the fourth line, and they're getting five to ten minutes a, a night, and it's hard to produce. And it's So then they, maybe it's just not, maybe they're not able to commit to that and change their game and find their way or get the right opportunity so then they don't make it. And then to sustain them, now maybe that guy makes it to the NHL, but to stay in the NHL is even tougher where having that competitive edge like you talked about and being able to adapt and stay hungry and carve a path for yourself to be able to buy into whatever role they can to stay and survive. Like, you know, you look if you go through the NHL right now and you look at all the players playing in the fourth line or the – or even the guys who are fighting, and you watch them. And if you look at their stats throughout their career, you know maybe at the next, at the level below, they were 80, 90 point getters. They were those guys playing on the power play. But in order for them to make it and stay in the NHL, they found a role to find themselves and found a role to stay and be a piece of the team. All those guys playing in the NHL at one point were dominant players and power play guys and, and the go-to guys on their teams whether it was college, junior, or, or in the minors. Mm-hmm. And now in the NHL, they've, they've, they're doing whatever it takes for them to find that role and find a place to be able to stay in the NHL and be a valuable asset to the team. You said a minute ago there's more to life than hockey. What does Justin Peters do when he's not playing hockey or coaching hockey? I'm spending time with my kids. Uh, my my twins that are six years old, and they're starting to get into their own sports. So every opportunity I I can, I'm spending time with them. And uh, I get back to Blythe a lot in the summers and visit my family. And I love to get out golfing, enjoy seeing my friends back home. In the summers, I, I coach goaltending, do a little bit of coaching privately uh, in the summers, and I find that that's the the best way for me to to grow and keep uh, learning as a goaltending coach, uh, to keep working on my craft and collaborate with other goaltending coaches and mentors that I've had along the way. What's your hope for the future, Justin? Do you ever want to be a head coach in the NHL or OHL or somewhere? Uh, you know what? Like it's, I was fortunate the last season uh, we had a coaching change in, in the AHL. and I, The last 26 games, I, I was uh, an assistant coach with, uh, with the Belleville Senators. and It was an eye-opening experience. It was, it was, I, I learned a ton. Um, it gave me a whole new respect for the, that, the assistant coaches and the preparation that goes into it. But, you know, for now, uh, I, I would never say I want to close close any of those doors, but my passion is goaltending. I, I feel like I spent so much time in learning uh, the position as a goaltender myself and learning from great goaltending coaches and then um, working and training to be a goaltender off the ice 
you know, learning the mental side of the game and games valuable experience. I played in multiple different leagues. So to be able to provide that resource to the goalies that I coach now has been really cool to be able to, to pass that along, but then also continue to learn because the position is, is ever changing and evolving and trying to stay up to date and um, stay relevant, I guess, with, within the goaltending position. So for now, my, my passion is goaltending coaching and, but I, I, you never know what the future holds. <laughs> True. Um, that's for sure. Do you think you, speaking of the future, do you think you'd ever be happy to reach an age where you could retire or would retire and maybe come back to Huron County to live? Oh, I, I love my, I love Huron County. I always love coming back to visit. I, I definitely, not more so now than ever, I could definitely see myself moving back home, moving back to that area. I think if you asked me that same question five, ten years ago, I might have had a different answer, yeah. but I feel like now I have just such a different appreciation for it, and you know, especially now with kids and being able to get back there and, and just, it's a place that I, I love coming back to, and I could definitely see myself, you know, coming back home here at some point. We like to wrap up our podcast with the thing we call the Fast Five. So if it's okay, I'm going to ask you five random questions that have nothing to do with nothing, and there's no right answer. Just say the first thing that comes to your mind. You okay with that? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Fast Five time. What's your favorite movie? Braveheart. Me too. That's awesome. What's your favorite snack? Spicy ketchup Miss Vicky's. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) If you could time travel, would you go forward or backward, and where would you go? Oh, I would go backward. I would go back to playing road hockey in, on King Street, my my brother. Wow, great answer. If you could pick a superpower, what would your superpower be? I could fly. I could fly. I thought a goalie was going to go for the stop a bullet thing. And final question, what other than your family and friends makes life good for you? My personal, my personal mindset, knowing that I'm, I'm doing the, the right things in life. I absolutely love that answer. That's probably the best answer I've ever got to that question. Bonus question, are a goalie's best friend really the goalposts? The goalie's best friend is the team playing in front of them. Another great answer. Oh, dude, this has been really great. I've had so much fun chatting with you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Bill. All the best to you, too. We'll talk soon. Well, that's it for this week. What a fascinating guy. I mean, I really enjoyed that. Thank you to Justin Peters. And thanks, as always, to my son, Lion, of Lion X Productions for our music. And especially thanks to you for listening and for all the things you do, the liking, the commenting, rating, and especially for sharing this with your friends. Until next time, I'm Phil Main, hoping that you are always on the lookout for all the ingredients that make up a life that's good.